Warning, this is a message from the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. They're working on it. Reminding you to watch before you listen. This show is full of spoilers and we literally talk about every scene in the movie. Also, we use some not-so-super language, so maybe make your kids go outside and play for a little while so you can listen to two grown men talk about people in costumes fighting other people in costumes in peace. citizens welcome to the pod cave i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we're the cape podcasters this is a show where we talk about some supermen and sometimes superwomen but today we're talking about a a superman the superman the superman we did it we made it we're talking about we superman arrived. we're directed by richard donner Ooh. old dick donner here coming off the omen yes a lot of tv a whole gets lot of tv l- gets a little knock on his door saying hey bud i think it was a phone call gets a knock on the phone yep knock says, on the phone hey bud Direct me a Superman. I'll give you a million bucks. My name's Alexander Salkine, by the way, and I'm a producer. And wonder how you know that? Because I'm a fucking slime ball. Oh, big time. And I think the stuff we're going to discuss in this episode revolves heavily around how much of a slime ball this man is, because he's got his little slimy fingerprints all over this movie. He sure does. I want to preface this. We've talked about Batman. We have. I loved it. It's great. We talked about Spider-Man. Sure did. I think we both loved it. It's pretty good. We talked about Iron Man. I loved it. You sure did. <laughs> we talked about The Incredibles. Which was good. I'm going to agree and say, yeah, it's good. Because- It's a good movie. After thinking about it, yeah, I have I have more issues with it than I thought. Mm. With this, with Superman, I've seen it a bunch of times. You never had. This was my first time seeing it. 1978 Superman. 40 years ago. Uh-huh. Happy anniversary. Yeah. I love this movie. It's a pretty good movie. It's a perfect movie. Most of this movie is pretty good. It's perfect. Okay. Pitch perfect. Everything about it's perfect. From beginning to end? It's perfect. All right. One of the main reasons why this movie is perfect, it's not because of Dick Donner. It's not because Mario Puzo, the guy who wrote The Godfather, wrote this. And it's not because we got introduced to a god. Do you know who that god is? Who's that god? His name is John fucking Williams. John fucking Williams. This movie is perfect because of John fucking Williams. He is the backbone of this emotional roller coaster of masculinity and perfection. You remember last week when we we talked about how if you don't notice a score, is it a good thing or a bad? Is thing? it a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. I think this week I found out that it's a good thing because the first time through I did not really notice the score of this. Of this. How did you not? I mean, I did, but it wasn't. But the oh. second time through. I noticed oh, it a lot. Oh, it's there. I noticed a lot. Uh, it I noticed you feel it all funny in the pants a whole lot of like Star Wars. And Indiana Jones. I mean, but it sounds not... exactly no. like Star Wars. It's no. very similar. But it's not like he just did Star Wars a year before or anything like that. Or did he? He kind of did. He did. He absolutely did. He kind of did. And he used the exact same. He used the, the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Because again. they're great. Because, of course. Because I mean, they're perfect. Why wouldn't you? You want who was not a member of the London Philharmonic Orchestra? Who was that? Christopher Reeve. He wasn't? Nope. Nope. 
He was just a, a theater boy who Dick Donner saw on the stage playing a dual part and said, yeah, whatever. We'll give him the job. He's scrawny. He's blonde. Superman? I guess so. <laughs> there were 200 unknown actors who went out for the part. And Sylvester Stallone. Oh, and a whole bunch of known actors. Oh, yeah. I could go through the list, but it would probably, we, then we would need to really rush through the movie. Yeah. I'm going to go through the list. Okay. All right. James Brolin, Lyle Wagner, Perry King, Robert Redford. They really wanted Robert Redford. I heard Robert Redford and he wanted too Paul much Newman money. were listed. Clint Eastwood was too busy to take the part. <laughs> James Conn said, there's no way I'm getting into that silly suit. They offered it to Paul Newman. He passed. They offered him other roles later on. We'll get there. All right. Sylvester Stallone was- uh, De hey there, Lois. We're gonna... Was never actually offered the nope, role. They, I don't, they... Dick Donner did not care not... for Sly. He liked him as a- He said that he was very nice. Did not yeah. think he was nice right for the role at all. <laughs> would not have worked. Um, Warren Beatty, John Beck, Charles Bronson, Sam Elliott, Dustin Hoffman, Burt Reynolds, Chris Christopherson, Nick Nolte, wanted Clark to be schizophrenic. Uh, Al Pacino, Arnold Schwarzenegger campaigned, but uh, he believes his accent took him out of the running. Ryan O'Neill, Jeff Bridges, that would have been amazing, Jan Michael Vincent, David Soule, Robert Wagner, Christopher Walken, Patrick Wayne, who dropped out uh, because of uh, his dad, John Wayne's cancer. Uh, in fact, they actually gave him the role, and he dropped out. Uh, John Voight, Elton John, Steve McQueen. They, they didn't Time even... out. Elton John. That's the one. There you go. What? <laughs> I was going to try to breeze past that <laughs> this one. This is called see. Superman, not Rocket Man. I mean, he fly. He They're similar. Rockets. Steve McQueen was too out of shape. Harrison Ford auditioned, and so did John Travolta. That's a lot of names. That's a ton of names. That's like all of Hollywood in 1978. It is. Did they all have to read for this? Uh, no. I because think that's some, a lot some of people of them, reading a 500-page script. <laughs> some of them were just campaigning for the role. I don't think they actually read the script. Oh, man. Well, that's a good thing because yeah. when Dick Donner got the script, he read through it. Alexander Salkind said, this is perfect. He said, it's perfect. And It's uh, perfect. Apparently, it was a heaping pile yeah. of shit. Richard Donner said, <laughs> uh, no thanks. I'm going to send this to my buddy uh, Tom Mankiewicz. And, well, it's because uh, Dick Donner was a fan. Yeah. And he and thought he was that like, this was this doing is an injustice. ruin the name of Superman. Yeah. I'm so I, happy that I don't they, like that Tom, uh, Tom Mankiewicz didn't get a writer's credit. Yeah, kind of fucked, isn't it? But. What are you going to do? When you're dealing with the uh, producers. <laughs> Fucking, they're so slimy everything i read about these producers is so slimy so slimy how dick donner's working off a budget that he's never seen he's never yeah he didn't even know what the budget was no they, idea they wouldn't tell him and they just kept lowballing him they offer this guy a million dollars they not give the budget not they give the brando four million dollars to do this because yeah marlon brando's in this oh yeah by the way <laughs> marlon and, brando four million dollars for his 12 minutes of screen time he's the uh, original robert don jr really when it comes down to it so he's just throwing all this money out but he won't give any money to the actual production yeah. He's you know, Alexander Salkin's coming off of The Three Musketeers, and he is calling up, I guess, directors asking, do you don't, know who I am? Don't forget about The Four Musketeers. And that's the issue, is that he took the unused footage and made a separate movie <laughs> called The Four Musketeers, <laughs> and that's what led to the Salkind clause in contracts, where you, you, can't, you can't do that with actors. You're, yeah, you're not you have to, to. You have to pay have to them be, for both movies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know that became an issue with this movie. Because this is Superman, mm -hmm. and they shot Superman 2 yep. back to back. Well, they paid Brando for his part in both movies, and then didn't use his footage for Superman 2. Good for him. All you right. Know, he, I'm, no, I'm happy Brando took their money. Brando con comes off as kind of a dick, too, when you look into this movie. Yes, he does. <laughs> That's because Brando's very smart. Smart And he knows lazy. that he's Marlon Brando. Let's get into it. Okay. Let's, let's, get, into let's it. get into it. We once again 
open on a movie that starts with a newsreel. <laughs> a newsreel of a kid reading a comic. Yeah. Why not? Well, hey. Gotta, we gotta let the world know this is a comic book movie. Let's Guys, comic books. Just want to let everyone know. I mean, this is one of the first ones. I get it. I mean, who's it heard is. of Superman? Everyone? Yeah, everyone. Literally everyone? Literally everyone. Important to note also, this film is dedicated. Yes. To Jeffrey Unsworth. Absolute legend. Big time. Of a cinematographer. He's coming off of his best known movie that he did. I'm going to put Superman as probably his number two. But he did 2001 A Space Odyssey with Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Did not win an Oscar for it because Kubrick got the lone Oscar for special effects because everyone thought it was him. This man's a legend. Yeah. Absolute legend. You know what? He deserves this movie. Deserves a dedication on this one. I'm glad they gave it to him. Yeah. And I'm glad they did it up front instead of, you know, before the credits. It's true. They briefly talk about Metropolis. Doesn't matter. This stuff this stuff happens. Then the Daily Planet, blah blah blah. The most expensive credits that have ever existed to this point. If every movie started off this way, people would just be dying in the theater from erections because this is perfect. This is this is epic. Beyond epic. How the music just swells. John Williams brings this thing up, the Superman theme. I'm gonna go on record and say that this is my personal favorite movie theme that's ever been written. Wow. It's that good to me. Wow. It's that good to me. Is it better than Star Wars? Better than Star Wars. Really? Yep. Better than Back to the Future, which is way up on my list wow. too. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This is perfect. All right. Well, I have right here written down my first instance of John fucking Williams. Yeah. That's something that's going to come up over and over again. Well, as, as I should. watched the movie, I actually copied that because I knew I was going to be pasting it into the notes at several parts. It's not a secret. We love we love a good composer. Mm, yeah. They, and John fucking Williams. He's a very good composer. <laughs> a god. He's a god. He may be the best. Uh, the credits go on for, you know, ever? Forever. Forever. Fun fun note. Uh, Marlon Brando is top build. I didn't notice that because I was too busy crying tears of joy. Oh, yeah. At this theme no, song. Uh, Marlon Brando, Gene Hackman. Christopher, Christopher Reeve? Yeah. You know what? He got top three. That's good. Yeah, he may. Movie's only named after him. The star of the movie. <laughs> His character. He, he is came the, in. He's he got the, the bronze. titular character. He got the bronze. Yeah, you know what? That's fine. Oh, speaking of speaking of medals, there was a name I forgot in that list of people who went out for the part. Oh? Bruce Jenner went out for the part of Superman. That would have been interesting. Sure would have. Do yeah. with that information what you will. Hey, want to wanna get into space a little bit? Let's go into space. We then go to the planet. Krypton. Krypton. We go to Krypton. It's not Krypton. It it's is Krypton. Krypton. We we just zoom right through that red sun. We get a little little uh preview of what's to come. Did you happen to catch the name of the of the city? I never do. You know that. It's Kryptonopolis. Yeah, it's perfect. What a yeah. perfect name for it. I love it. I love it so much. Kryptonopolis, Krypton. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Indianapolis, Indiana. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Earthopolis, Earth? Sure. Where we're going to go that way. Might as well. We see uh, the trial. General Zod. We get introduced to him. Oh, yeah. We got Zod, Nan, and Ursa. This is a- I just like saying that. Zod, Nan, and Ursa. It's pretty good. Nice little preview of what's to come in this, yeah, this, this franchise. Is like, this is like your, uh, it's a good your post-credit scene before the movie starts. Before the movie, even get a pre- but it's not a pre-opening credit scene. Right. This is- We're in the movie. Yeah, this is- the, We're yeah, in it. Yeah, the pre-credit scene was a black and white- <laughs> Yep. Hey, talking, we're looking this at is this a comic, comic book. book. <laughs> Metropolis. So I thought Krypton 
looks insane. The set decoration, the production design of this. Oh, big time. Is crazy good. It's nuts. John Barry is coming off of Star Wars and comes on to this. I'm not going to say he did a better job. I'm going to say he did an equally amazing job because this is something special. This is what all sets should strive to be. Yeah. It looks that good where you mix the ice and you mix the crystals and everything. And in this opening scene, we're mixing the nothing. You get these giant faces in the background of some sort of jury. The elders. And then you see the, the little- council of elders. And General Zod and his crew are stuck in the hula hoops of death. In the hula hoops of death. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> you get you get Marlon Brando's Space Esquire, I'm assuming, because he's acting awfully lawyerish here. He sure is. Not a lawyer. I'm, <laughs> he's, uh, huh, I thought he had a title, but I don't think he does. I don't think he does either. Nope. He's just Jor-El. He's just the dude that's there with the floating heads and also gets a vote. Yeah, but he goes on a long-ass monologue. And one of my notes that I wrote here was that this movie has better acting in the first scene than the previous four movies had, <laughs> like, in total <laughs> that we've done. <laughs> better than- Brando's, like, trying. Better, better than Toes McGobe's Ugly Cry? No. Yeah, I no. It, I take 100% it all back. It I take is. it all back. <laughs> You're absolutely right. All that emotion that he showed. <sighs> That's my uncle! <laughs> this is my Jor-El. I love how we get introduced to the Phantom Zone. Amazing. It's just a- Pane of glass? A, uh, Flipping like a coin. Yeah. They're a pane of glass of emotion when they get captured in it. It's a rectangular eternal void. It's not what you want to be in. No. Not what you want to be in. Not not where you want to be hanging out for eternity. Zod gets found guilty from the elders because of lawyer. Lawyer right. Jor-El. Lawyer, lawyer Who, Jor-El. again, not a lawyer. Not a lawyer. Not a lawyer Gets a vo- vote in whether or not they have to go to the fandom zone. Yeah. Gets a sweet offer to rule with Zod, which I was like, maybe you should think about it for a little bit longer. I don't see why you turn that down. Especially when you know you're about to get... This is a good time to say. Turns out Jor-El is one of the great scientists on the planet, one of the most well-respected scientists. Again, not a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't state that enough. He's because not it makes a lawyer. me feel like this entire scene with this doesn't need to be here. No, it's definitely... It's a, it's the post credit scene. pre credit it, scene. It's, it's, the, it's the setting up the universe. We're it's in the space old, already. We see the universe. It's the old Nick Fury coming out of the dark after Jarvis. I suppose that's right. Whole scene doesn't need to be here. We find out that Jor-El tells the, tells the kryptonites, if you will, which is a weird way of putting it. Yeah. Because. Because that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. The people of Krypton tells them they need to evacuate. The costumes in the scene are buck wild. Oh my God. The sick glowing white suits. Holy hell. I want one. Yeah. I, I want, wish it wasn't camera magic. It is a lot of camera magic. Those are hours and hours of costume design, and you can't touch them because the oil from your fingers will make it so they don't reflect. It's true. So Jor-El tells all the people of Krypton that the planet's going to explode in 30 days or less. 30 days? He, maybe they, even sooner. Maybe even sooner. Maybe. But- Some scientist. The people there, the people of Krypton, they say that, no, the planet's just shifting orbit. Nah, you're crazy. Everything's fine. Global Everything warming is-, is fake news, Jor-El. The thing that I realized here is that I figured out the political system of Krypton very, very quickly, is that it's all white people who aren't going to listen to science people. You got a lot of Republicans here. Interesting. So they tell Jarrell not to spread fear and panic because of his outlandish theories. So Jarrell goes on to Fox News and says, everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> At this point, I think it's safe to say we get introduced to baby Superman. Little itty bitty Kal-El. And he's barely noticeable in this scene. 
you barely see him because you're in this whole world of white and glass and crystal and shimmering. And he's wrapped up in a bright red, red and blue, blue blanket. And blanket. <laughs> where, where is that? Now, I have to assume that they called in John Favreau to direct this scene because of how heavy handed that was. There was no. This is going to be Superman, guys. Guys, I just want to let you know. That's Superman. I want it. That's not just any baby. That's super. Guys, that's Superman. Brian's looking at me like I'm a fucking dickhead. I just finished defending that movie two weeks ago. Keep it going, bud. Keep it going. So <laughs> Jor-El decides they're going to send Kal-El to Earth. And we kind of, they kind of break it down scientifically why he's going to be a Superman. Yeah. I really appreciate that. It's not that he's special. No. It's- he's going to be special. But for scientific reasons. Because science. Because science says that... He has a dense molecular structure that will make him strong, fast, and virtually invulnerable. They say invulnerable. Invulnerable. He's still going to look like an earthling, though. That's important. Yes. That's very important to note. Even though they're a primitive life form. So they put uh, they put baby Kal-El into... Who knows what that is? Some uh, sort of disc type... It's a snowflake of... of I don't know. It's It's an amazing three-dimensional starburst of it's crazy looking i can't even describe it there's crystals all around it and brando monologues for i i, I counted 56 minutes i think I it mean, was there's a reason you get brando he's acting he's acting and one of the craziest things about brando that i read about him in this is that brando brandoed he didn't want to learn any of his lines nope they had to put his lines on the chest of the actors that he was acting with because he didn't want them to feel rehearsed right you want them to, to feel fresh. honest he's like i want these lines to be fresh the f- and the best way to do that is to record the first time i read them only fucking brando and he kills it that's the problem with it is that he kills it they had lines written on the baby's diaper did they really yes he was reading lines off of superman's diaper that's amazing yeah he was paid 3.7 million dollars and he got a percentage of the gross uh for 12 days of shooting uh he actually ended up when all was said and done, receiving $14 million for 10 minutes of screen time. It's a good deal. It's not bad. It's actually just Salkine being a fucking idiot, I think. Uh, he also, he wanted he wanted the kryptonites. Crypt, uh, yeah, well, let's I guess we're going to go with it. He wanted them to look like glowing green bagels. I read that too. Because these are aliens. Who says they have to look like human beings? And that was because. He didn't want to. He didn't want to. <laughs> He's he like, let me just do the voice. What, what makes that even better? Is that at one point, he pitched the idea that maybe the Kryptonians, that's what they're called. That's it. Kryptonians. That feels better. That feels so much better. Maybe they don't talk. Maybe they make electric sounds that are translated through subtitles. So he would just sit there going. Yes. He would be a a CGI green floating bagel with electronic sounds and subtitles. And he would make $14 million. How cool would that have been? I mean, it would have been really impressive, but also a total dick move. Total dick move. But it sounds like Alexander Salkine deserves a total dick move. That's true. So guess what happens? What happens? So Krypton's going to get destroyed. 30 days or less. 30 days or less. Okay, Krypton gets destroyed seconds later. There's a giant, like, supernova of red right over the planet. How do they say that nothing's going wrong here? (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't understand it. It's perfect, but I don't understand it. I like it. Your wife has a theory about what happens there. So I watch as my wife, <laughs> and my wife thinks that Kal-El leaving the planet is directly responsible for the destruction of Krypton, because as Kal-El starts to fly up out of his magical saucer of snow and 
whatever. Whatever it is. That's when the planet starts to get destroyed. So perhaps Superman is more special than we think, according to my wife's theory. Again, she only watched, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes of this movie before she called it. <laughs> she couldn't handle perfection. I get it. She did marry you. Can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> so we get an explosion of Krypton. So Krypton gets blown to hell. Kablooey. It looks pretty great. It does look great. The planet glows red. It's shot beautifully. You got you got Kryptonians flying all over the place. Oh, yeah. They're Kal-El flying. pulls his best Jericho move, breaks the wall down, goes right through it. He's gone. He's a space boy now. He's a space boy. There's a special effect here that annoyed me, and it stood out greatly. Did you notice this? Is this the, is this the baby floating above the screen and then miraculously aging? No. Oh. Not there yet. Oh, okay. In this, there was a, when Krypton actually explodes, you can very, very clearly see that the set behind it, it's like in a black box almost, and you see the light from the explosion oh. light this up. It's perfect. It's perfect. I think that was the only thing wrong with the movie in my mind. Okay. That was where it really took me out of it for a second. Just for a second. And then we got our 2001 of Space Odyssey, a little thing going on where he's flying through space. Just kind of floating around. Yeah. Kal-El ages a little bit. Well, they, a, they do say the journey from Krypton to Earth takes about three years. Yeah. Pretty full diaper by the time you get there. It was weird choice for these extremely right-wing Kryptonians to play- Well, those were the Council of, Council of Elders. Jor-El was a scientist. So you're saying- You're right, because Jor-El records- the, What might as well be Krypton NPR that he plays into, <laughs> into the snowflake of- Transport. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> Hi, this is Jarrell, and uh, we're going to be talking about the history of all the galaxies. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Not the first time he's going to do this. He's going to teach over time. Is Jarrell, is there that much to learn, or is Jarrell I think he's just really hamming it up? Because <laughs> he does it again later, where it takes 12 years or something crazy. Yep. Moving on. Moving on. We're flying to Earth. We get to Earth. There's a crash. We get to meet our good, good friends, Martha and Jonathan Kent. Yes. And we- They kidnap a baby. They- Let's call it what it is. They straight up kidnap we, a baby. They, Martha's all about, oh, we found a kid. It's a god. And Jonathan is on the level with this and says- He's like- That's uh, not our fucking we kid. Gotta, <laughs> we got to find this kid's family. And she's like, well- He doesn't have any. Can't you tell a little- <laughs> At least not round here. <laughs> What does that mean? That means this. she is going to take this kid home. Also, this is the first time we get to see Superman's penis. Yeah. yeah. So Maybe the only time ever. It's possible. So it was, uh, we have a- I was, the movie, I was like, what's this movie rated? Oh, PG? PG. PG. Okay. Yeah. That's Superman's penis. Don't we get a Batman penis at some point also? Did Am I making that up? It's in a, com- a recent comic. I know that. There's a yeah. bat penis. I'm not familiar with the bat penis. So we got was- I'm not going to- this is a little boy's penis. Yes, yes, it we is. Can't. So you know, it's not much we can say, right? Uh, Joke wise, anything wise, yeah. So uh, Jonathan is changing a flat tire all of a sudden because I guess he blew a tire after the the meteor the of me- Clark, yeah, of, of Kal El, the crash landing of Kal El popped a tire. Yeah, his car jack falls, and the car is about to fall on Jonathan Kent, and no, 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 no. Kal El. That is such a cool shot. It lifts up the front of the car Little baby. and holds the car up. Holding it's up the such car. a cool shot. Very reminiscent to Action Comics number one. I had a very big smile on my face. It was, uh, it was a cool moment. It was great. I liked it. He's wrapped up in his, in his bright red and subtle, his super subtle blanket. It's good that they got Favreau in for this scene too. <laughs> Fuck you. And one note I really appreciate about what's coming up, 
What's that? Time passes. Time passes, and they let you know how much of it. It's true, but they don't like wear us down with like a montage or anything like that. Right. This whole first bit of the movie is shot so artistically, where you get your very big wide shots, and then it's pulled into the emotional shots. They look incredible. They shot all the Kansas stuff, the Smallville Kansas stuff, in Calgary. In Canada. While they were doing this, they actually had to go there months in advance to grow what you see That's screen. amazing. Why not just go to Kansas at this point? That's a good what? question. Maybe they missed the growing a season. idiot. Just spending money for things he doesn't need to spend money on. That's true. That's true. I did actually make a note. Uh, says right here, these farm wide shots are fucking great. They look so They're good. They're very hilly for Kansas, though. That's true. And it They're stood out. They're super hilly for Kansas. And it stood out. Anyway, uh, we got we got teenage high school Clark Kent. Yeah. He's like a football equipment manager. Sure. They're the real heroes. So it's, he's it. off to a real good start. I like the little fake out because it makes you think he's playing on a football team briefly. Yep. For and a second. Nope. Just the equipment manager. I also really like how it could be because I just watched it recently. He is literally a white Stetson hat and a mustache away from being bandit, from smoking the bandit at this point. He's wearing that bright red shirt with the jeans. It's awfully yeah. close. It's yeah, awfully close. That's true. <laughs> I'll give that to you. Uh, Lana Lang says, hey, come hang out with us. Yeah. And football teenagers, the way that they do, knock all of his shit over. What a jerk. Can't do it. He gets I, all pissed off. I knew his name for a hot second, and I immediately forgot it on purpose. Let's call him Flash Thompson. Because I didn't like not? him. Because why not? I was Let's like, call him Flash. This guy's a jerk. I have no reason to remember his name for the podcast. There you go. I think it was Ben. Fine. But I'm just assuming. He looks like a Ben. He does he looks look like, like a goddamn Ben. Ben. Clark's He's... pissed. Yeah, he punts that football to fucking hell. He punts it straight up into space. Oh, his best Jeff Fiegel's impression. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a leg on him. Sure does. He could- uh... Decides uh, he's going to run home. Yeah, because that's what you do. Races the train. Oh, man. Looked so bad. That didn't look good. It was very corny. That didn't look good. Apparently, he like pulled some muscles in that scene. We're Just, talking. Uh, we're talking Jeff East here. Jeff East. He was the young, the young Clark Kent in this. He uh, he pulled several muscles in his legs while he was being dangled in front of this blue screen, pretending to run really fast. Jeff East needs to stretch a little bit. Also, they dubbed over all of his lines. Did they really? Yeah, it's Christopher Reeve. Makes you think, I don't know, I've never seen Jeff East in anything else, so I wonder what he sounds like. I have no idea Doesn't what matter. he sounds like. We'll never know, because we'll just that wasn't his voice. He, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't pleased. But then again, he should, who is he? He should be a little upset, because he's in a third of this movie, <laughs> effectively. Yeah, pretty much. He races the train. Races the train. We get we get our next scene directed by John Favreau, of Girl on the Train, who says, I just saw a man running against train, and it's Lois Lane. That must have been, you must have had the director's cut there. It's possible. It's because, a girl on the train who's looking out and sees this. Okay, yeah. There is a little girl on the train. Yeah. No, you don't actually. Yeah. There's a scene after where she says that, uh, she says, I just saw a man running next to the train and her parents said, don't make things up. Oh. Lois. Oh. Interesting how much younger than she was than Clark there. And uh, they kind of caught up as time I guess passed, so. I guess. Maybe Kryptonians age differently. Not important. Doesn't matter. That's weird. Uh. I, I don't like that, and it wasn't in the version I watched. That's interesting. There's another scene coming up that I appreciate where you don't get much of Jonathan Kent. Nope, you don't get a whole lot. No, because- You, you get him changing a tire, and then- He does a walk and talk. He does a walk and talk. That stood out to me because of how much stiffness we've seen between characters and all the movies we've seen so far. You meet Tobes McGobes and, and uh, Kirsten Dunst, who are incapable of moving while they communicate? My one-year-old has started to take steps- 
She's gotten a she's gotten like three or four in at a time before she tumbles. Yeah. More steps than Tobes McGobes took in any <laughs> bit of dialogue that he had in any of his in Spider Man. It's painful. This is great. This is great. There's Gun movement. Great. Yeah. Then there's not movement. Yeah, and then things Except this is one stop of the, moving. John, Jonathan Ken has a heart attack and dies. He sure does, right there. It's a great looking heart attack. <laughs> this is a real I believable mean, heart attack. If you're rating heart attacks, yeah, it's pretty good. If cool. I were to rate film heart attacks, this is- It's up there. It's way up there. Yeah. He goes for the arm, Go, which is- He says- He didn't clutch his chest. Nope. He said, oh no. And he said, oh you no. Know? And then he straight up fell on his face. And he's gone. We go to a funeral on a hill- Right of, to the funeral. Of wheat uh, and whatnot. Great wide shot of the wheat. We start seeing a little bit of angst growing there with yeah. The we clock. see the, all the all those things I can do, all these powers, and I couldn't even save him. That funeral had some of the best cinematography I've just ever seen in general. It's great. It's crazy how he pulls it off. It's crazy. I just again I said it before. You go from wide shot of actually letting like the world live, yeah, to making sure that you going tight again to get the emotion. I made comments in previous episodes about establishing shots that looked good, and they I don't, don't even, even remember them nope, anymore. Doesn't even matter. This movie, it doesn't it. matter. Oh, and John fucking Williams. Oh, yep, that's that was my nope, next line. He's still going. <laughs> uh, Clark hears a little something while he's sleeping. Yeah, something's something's beckoning him. It's a little. Uh, it's crystal. It's a little crystal. A little green crystal that Jarrell snuck into the little pod there. Yeah, that has apparently all of the information from Krypton's history. Yeah, and uh, it's like. Clark, come here, Clark. I got something to tell you. Just the middle of the night, he's like, "What's what's going on in the in the barn over there?" Want to know what Clark decides to do? What's he do? Decides to a eat Cheerios. Oh, oh <laughs> I have so many notes about the Cheerios. <laughs> so, he doesn't eat the Cheerios. We don't see him eat Cheerios. He's outside. Oh boy, are there Cheerios? The <laughs> and and good old Martha Kent gets up and walks into the kitchen and places down a she box might of Cheerios. As well, have said. In the only lit uh, part of the kitchen. Uh huh. And one of the good things about Cheerios is, oh, when you go outside, they still they're face still the there. window. They're still facing the window. <laughs> Incredible, kids! If you want to, if you want to grow up Mills, to be Superman, eat your goddamn Cheerios. General Mills got their money's worth. On yeah, they that. did. They got Brando money probably for that. <laughs> wow. Clark says he's got to go. She says, "I know." They hug it out. She's like, yeah, we always knew this was going to happen. He goes on a. Where are you headed, by the way? North. Okay. <laughs> so. He goes north. He sure does. He heads north. That's it. That's all we know is that he goes north. Hugs and it he out ends... with his mom. He says, she's like, remember us. That's it. Just remember. And he's in a snowy place because I'm assuming he got there. I don't know how. Did he walk there? Did he fly there? Does he know he can fly yet? I, I don't understand. I think if he could, fl- if he knew he could fly, he wouldn't have ran home next to the train. He would have just flown home. Popped up there. Popped I right imagine. down there. Little up and down. So he, Nothing. He ran to yeah. the Arctic. Sure. And he plants a crystal. I wouldn't say plants. He threw that so crystal to hell. He chucks it. What a javelin that thing <laughs> across the Arctic. And then it just falls with the with nothing. It falls with a nothing. It yeah, is so anticlimactic for that throw. It's going straight across the field and then it drops vertically. Yep. As all Amazing. crystals do. As all green that's, crystals that's do. That's how space crystals, crystals fall. Yep. We're going to learn a lot about space crystals. And then the ground starts breathing. Yeah. And then uh, we we grow ourselves a fortress. We grow an instant fortress of solitude. Yeah, it's like a chia pet of solitude. It's like it's like you have the time to make regular oatmeal, but you still make the instant oatmeal. That's what Clark did here. It's true. He's like, you know what? I could probably build a fortress of solitude, but it's just easier to use the packet. So while he's there, we he, uh, he meets Jor-El. the disembodied the, floating head of Jor-El. A lot less creepy ghost dad version yeah. than like Bill Cosby would be. 
at this point. Modern day. I'd rather see modern day ghost Brando than, going, than any Bill Cosby. Than any Bill Cosby <laughs> in the world. That's fair. <laughs> he learns everything. That's all I got, is that he learns everything. Uh, he tells Clark Over- at one point that he's been dead for many thousands of Earth years. Yeah. Um, but this then will- later in the movie, like, uh, I'm pretty he learned sure this all- they figure out that, that Krypton blew up in 1948. So, like, really, it's only been a few years. So, I don't know how it's been many thousands of Earth years. But it's interesting also that he learned, Jorah makes a point of saying, like, oh, you're going to learn all this after your 18th like, birthday. It's like, it's good to know that 18 means adult in Krypton right. world, too. I don't, right. Krypton I guess, is- teach them for 12 years. Yeah. This dude is long-winded. Yeah. He's taken on a trip through time and space and told not to interfere with human history. That's important. He's, it's like, very important. Like, hey, don't you go interfere. Or is it important? Don't. That's what I want to know. Is it important? They say it's important. Is it important? Maybe. Time will tell. Time. We're not going to interfere with it. This movie's perfect. Don't interfere with human history, and uh, humans have fragile hearts. They do, and they also have Metropolis. And they have Metropolis. 30-year-old Clark Kent. Yep. My question to you is, why are newspapers and newspaper companies so prominent in comic book movies or superhero movies? Because in Batman, we get we meet Vicky Vale and Robert Wool. That's true. Alley, I think his name was. I don't remember. Alexander, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, Robert Alley. Sure. Robert Wool. They work. Newspaper. newspaper. We go to Spider-Man. J. Jonah fucking Jameson. J.K. Sure do. Simmons. Is these is this the newspaper man? He's in. I mean, in Iron Man, we get Vanity Fair. Yep, Vanity Fair with uh, in, with uh, what's her what's her face there? The Christine uh, Everhart. Christine Everhart. Leslie Bibb. Good old Leslie Bibb. <laughs> Take me back to my childhood. And the Incredibles, we get a lot of newspaper things popping up about yeah. super as well. This is another. Why are newspapers so important? Because that's how people got their news. I get, but it's. Everyone works there. That's the whole thing. Is that that's true? It's there's a lot of a lot of weird connections here. Maybe we stumbled upon a little trope here. We may have. We got to we got to look a little deeper into this as we go on because that's we're interesting gonna, to me. We're gonna keep note of the newspaper references. We uh, meet Margot Kidder and her extremely creepy smile. Oh yeah, it's uh, that's that's. A we smile. also get to meet Jimmy Olsen because why not just throw everyone out there at once? Build the universe. Why, why not? not? It's a we're getting money for two movies. We might as well set it up that there's going to be more stuff. Might as well. At this point, we're 51 minutes and 54 seconds into the movie. And you want to know who we meet? Is it is it Clark Kent? It's Christopher Reeve, our, <laughs> our third build star. <laughs> our th- yeah, our third build star. He is Clark Kent and Superman. He is I polite, shy, love. conservative, mild-mannered. I love Christopher Reeve in this role. He's great. He is an incredible Clark He's Kent. so good. Oh, he is so clumsy and... Kind of quick talking and charming and just a little oafish, a little oafish, a little like that yeah. innocence is just bro- he's like a kid kind of. Oh. He's like a giant kid. He is exactly. so perfect in this. He's he a six it. foot four child. <laughs> yes. And I appreciate how he does look different as yeah. Clark Kent. Big time. And that's kind of like a, a. It's more than just glasses. It's a lot more. It's kind he of a holds suit. Himself in a he holds himself. He's like slouching. Way. Yeah. Mary Jane would get very upset at that hunch. Oh, big time. She'd be like, hey, you're taller than you look. <laughs> I slouch. Sometimes. So I sometimes not. When I have to. When I have to slouch. I'm talking to a girl. I don't. Right. <laughs> Do you want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> he has half his paycheck sent home to mom. Yeah, he's the Lois, fastest typer. Lois finds that endearing. She loves it. She's like, she thinks, she thinks, at first she's like, bookie? And then she's like, what? You sending it to your old gray haired mother? She's silver haired. 
silver-haired bitch. Another thing that I caught that impressed me a lot <laughs> was, doesn't matter if this is a throwaway character, the guy who sits next to Clark Kent at the office. Sure. How they do a handshake? That blew my mind. I don't know why it blew my mind. It's because I know that this man is Superman. Yeah. That is incredible muscle control to not just crush every hand that you meet. That's true. That blew my mind. You really have to. There's, it's a I stupid mean, thing. I was a full glass of bourbon in at this point. Yeah. Because we're an uh, hour maybe. in. This is what happens. I feel like he probably spent a lot of time as 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 little Clark, you know, as Jeff East shaking hands and making sure he doesn't break them. Anyway, everything's we, just swell. No one says that anymore. Everything's swell to Clark. Lois doesn't give a shit. <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't like it, but she likes it at the same time. I don't know. She's a cool character. She's like a She's really tough to figure out. Any more at home like you? <laughs> no, no, there aren't. No. They're they're all nope. fucking dead. No, they all die. Everyone's dead. There's three. Every, do you want to Somewhere in a coin flipping through the sky. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> heads are heads. <laughs> it's all the same. Yep. Imagine if they in the shadow zone, if you like saw their ass as they were flipping. So it's not just face on face on <laughs> face on face. Totally different movie. That'd be so weird. Uh they go walking down the street. There's a mugging. Weirdest mugging ever. It is, but I... Because he kind of comes out and says, hey, you, come this way. Then I'm going to pull the gun out. Yeah. Then they go into an alley. And I like how Clark is in front of Lois yes. this entire time. Protecting, he knows. He knows, but he's he still knows what playing he's doing, it up. But playing it as, like, oh, boy. Like, hey, let's give him all the money. Oh, boy. Hey, mister, you don't need to do all that. Hey, pulling a gun's not swell. Not swell. And I'm calling it. We got ourselves a strong female character. We got a pretty strong it female character. real fast, too. Yeah. Where she goes to give him the purse, the mugger, and she drops, drops it, it, and then she kicks him square in the face. Right in the face. And then he fires off the mugger, fires the bullet, and we get Clark. We get faster than a oh. speeding bullet, and then he faints. But not really. This origin's terrific. I think that's- All of this origin is pitch perfect. I think that's the moment right there when he faints. Yeah. That Lowe's is like, oh, never mind about this guy. Because she seemed to be- Somewhat interested. She's like, all right, this guy's not like everybody else. She's on like a low simmer. She's not really bringing the heat. And yet. then uh, and then he fainted and she's like, no, thanks. <sighs> Whatever. Now we have undercover cops. We almost have it because there's also the scene where oh. Clark rattles off everything that's in her purse after he gets Oh, it yes. Amazing. <laughs> it's a cool little touch. And, and he has to try to get himself out of the corner so, that he got himself into. Well, I guess. <laughs> it's... I love the way he just peers into the purse like, oh, that is what's in there. Christopher so well Reeve done. brought it. He, he brought it. He sure did. I don't think Stallone could have done that. No. We get cops. And I appreciated this whole scene because cops are doing things. Cops are doing things. You don't see cops doing things in these movies. In superhero movies, generally, cops are like, ah, let them do it. No, they're they're putting on a sting. But in this one, they're, they're trying to catch Otis. To be fair, they don't know that any superheroes exist yet. So? They're working. You're right. Cops are working. They're working. They they're, work again, too. They're doing stuff. Superheroes exist. All right. They're working. They're chasing Otis through Grand Central. Which is pretty neat. Grand Central Metropolis, of course. Yes, Grand Central wanna make, Station. Want to make it known we're in Metropolis. We're not in New York. Right, we're no, in Metropolis. It is, it is not New York. <laughs> it is Metropolis. We're going to use every major landmark that we can find. This is Metropolis. Yes, it's not New York. Major Metropolis landmarks, <laughs> such as of course the Grand Statue Central of Station. Blue Lady. <laughs> the Statue of Blue Lady. The Grand um, Interior Middle Station. Big Middle Station. Uh. Uh, We're also going to have you're going to be below the, Park Avenue the cause, the double buildings oh yeah the standing up tall the the big tall doubles <laughs> oh and uh, Park Avenue yeah <laughs> the, uh, the Earth Exchange Center we get to see uh, 
man named Otis. He leads these cops on a chase uh, into the trains. Otis looks like he doesn't have a care in the world. No. I love it. Ned Beatty. He's just. Crushes it as Otis. Absolutely crushes Otis. He leads him to the train tracks and a model train comes towards Otis. And Otis slips in the secret door as he waits for the train. Did you happen to notice what was on the front of that train? I didn't. It was uh, the old New Haven line logo. Was it really? Yeah. That's neat. I thought that was neat. That's a neat little touch. Oh, New Haven, which is near Metropolis. Of course. Also, while they're walking through Grand Central, somebody's calling out towns that the trains are going to, like Poughkeepsie and and other nearby Metropolis cities. But not New York. But no. No trains to New York. Well, no. Of course. Okay. What? Want to make sure. Wait, where's New York? What is New York? I don't know. Side note, the New New Haven line is usually on track 26, not 22, but I'll let it slide. Dick Donner, you done fucked up. (laughs) Although- in the seventies, maybe it was on track twenty-two. Things could things could change. We are now one hour and one minute into this movie, and we meet our number two build <laughs> character. First, they killed the cop. They do as we meet our villain. Our villain, who you don't see, he's playing around with his uh, little he's, little he's, switchboard there. He's pushing doors. The... He's he kills him with a secret door. What's the name of the bad guy from uh, Inspector Gadget? Doctor Claw. Yeah. He's, he's totally he's, he's Dr. Clawing. clawing he's clawing. It's just Quite all you see is is the claw and the buttons. Yeah, so- this, He's all, next time, Gadget. This cop tries to find the secret door. He does. Mm-hmm. I'd say he successfully finds the secret door. He definitely finds the secret door. The secret door just happens to push him onto the train push tracks. Push him in front of And the that's train. a dead cop. Yep. He dies. That's a little dark. There's no blood. There's no body. No, there's a- His hat's still Ruined there. hat. It's ruined. Um, and that's when I go, okay, yeah, you're right. It is PG. Yeah. They hit it pretty well. We meet Lex Luthor. We sure do. Sadistically twisted, egotistical, and evil. Played by Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Brilliantly. Want to know who else is in the running for this I role? sure do want to know. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Paul Newman said no to playing Clark Kent, so they're like, well, how do you feel about Lex Luthor? I feel like it would have been a lot like Reggie in Slapshot if he did that. I can see that. Where he would just be playing it kind of like the hard-ass, sarcastic yeah. version. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of the same thing, but- Another Gene was up for the role. Wilder. I was thought you were going to say Kelly. That nope. would have been interesting. Gene Wilder. Didn't even think of Wilder for some reason. Uh, Dustin Hoffman again. Uh, George Kennedy and Jack Nicholson. Now, it's a little weird that they didn't get Jack Nicholson, in my mind, because he shared a compound with Marlon Brando at this time in LA. Yeah, that's true. So you would figure that they would talk or Maybe something. Jack Nicholson was only in the running because of Brando. That's possible. And then they were like, no, we, we really like this, this Gene I think guy. they got the right one. I think they got the right one out of that like list. I like this Hackman. I think they got it. There was one other role that Paul Newman was offered, by the way, after he turned down Superman. Uh, how many roles is he going to turn down? <laughs> and Lex Luthor. He was offered the role of Jor-El. For a second there, I thought you were going to say Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> no, <laughs> Jor-El. Really? Yes. Okay. But instead they got Brando. Okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. They got Brando. They paid him a ton of money, yeah. and he wanted to be a bagel that spout electronic sounds. The backstory to this movie- Is insane. Is insane. It's nuts. So- Lex Luthor looks at himself as the greatest criminal mind of our time. What do you think? Because what I think is that we don't really know a lot about Lex Luthor throughout this entire movie. Yeah, no, we, we don't really find out a lot about him except that he really likes real estate. And he likes calling people nincompoops? He does use the <laughs> word nincompoop a lot. He talks about land being the most important thing. Obviously. he. I feel like he has like these delusions of an empire. I just, I feel like you don't get a lot about him. He has this weird... Grand Central Lair, Park Ave address, he lets us know. Right. Park Park Avenue Metropolis. But we don't know anything about this guy except that- Except that he he has a sweet underground lair. And he's got a Valerie Perrine. He sure does. He's got a 
Miss Tesmaga! <laughs> sure does. If I were a boy in 1978. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my. This would be like you. As a boy in 2018, I was like, huh, how about that? Yeah, yeah. She's dresses up. It's revealing, to say the least. Uh, yes, it is PG revealing. movie. Want to remind everyone of that yeah. again? It's like a dominatrix suit here. It's they wanted Goldie Hawn. Would have been just as good, I think. Would have worked. It's I think you were and uh, and Margaret. That would have been interesting. Yeah. The only thing I really know Anne Margaret from is Tommy. I think that's and that's really it. Yeah. And she's great in Tommy, but I feel like they nailed it with this. Yeah. Oh, and Valerie also Perrine, uh, Jessica Lang. It. Jessica Lang would have been cool. That would have been very cool. I don't know if this is before or after King Kong, but very cool. I want to say it's after. I feel like after. it's 76. After, so. yes. So, I mean, yeah, we just meet Lex Luthor there. We go back to the Daily Planet. Uh, we learn that Lois can't spell. No, she is <laughs> awful at spelling. Which is super endearing to the character. Absolutely. Because she is very, very tenacious and gung-ho about everything and very professional. And I think that the backstory of the Lois Lane character kind of falls on the place here. One of the things yes. I read is that Lois, well, not Lois, but Margot Kidder wore contact lenses and her contact lens scratched her eye. So Dick Donner just said, we'll just take him out. And she did. And she started bumping into things and starting acting <laughs> all clumsy. And he loved it. And for the rest of the shoot said, she's not allowed to wear contacts because this is perfect. That's incredible. It's those little touches. That's great directing. Yes. If you can catch something like that. Directing isn't all about what you see on the screen. It's about a lot of the stuff that goes on underneath. That's why yeah. when you look at someone like Stanley Kubrick, who's putting his actors through absolute hell to get, I guess, the reactions and to get the emotions out of them, it shows up on the screen. Big time. Yeah. All of this shows up on the screen. With Absolutely. It totally makes her a more endearing character. Clark is still trying to get with that Lois Lane. Oh, yeah. Trying to get in her, in Lois's lane. Oh, Clark loves Lois. Yeah, not hiding at all. No. Nope. He's boyish about it, which He's is like, kind of fun. Hey, could I take you to I'll dinner? Take you to the airport. Mm. Not unless you can fly, wink. <laughs> <laughs> He's all like, I can, but I can't tell you that. Clark decides he's going to go home for the night while she has to, I guess she goes to a helipad. She sure does. She and goes Clark up to is the... the size of the fucking elevator. He's it's, huge. He's six foot four. Christopher Reeve is legit six four. And he, he's a monster. And he doesn't know how elevators work. He has no clue. It's great. No idea. I'm going up. <laughs> Not from this planet. Uh, he's I a mean, country boy at the But same he's been time. there for 30 years. Granted, 12 of it, he was talking to his dad. Ghost dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's had a weird life to this point. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? It's like, uh, last um, I was literally just 18 yep. years old. Daily Planet's got a helipad, by the way. It sure does. I mean, hey, what's the mark of a successful newspaper? Yeah, putting- You have to have yeah. your own helipad with a glass waiting room enclosure outside. Isn't of that convenient? Mm. I'm going to use that word a lot coming up. Convenient? Uh-huh. That's usually how you describe a perfect movie. This movie's perfect. <laughs> um the helicopter gets caught in some sort of cabling, and the pilot- yeah, it's a floodlight cable. It is just, it? The yeah. pilot has a lot of issues landing this plane from five feet off the ground? He sure does. Uh, I can't do it. I feel like this was the moment that Sully Sullenberger said, I'm going to become a pilot because that doesn't look that fucking hard. He could have just dropped this thing. Yeah. Yeah, Sully was like, you know what? I think I can do this. Guys, I got this. Throw some fucking geese at me. I got this. <laughs> Speaking of that glass-sided rooftop waiting room, helicopter crashes into that. It's gone. And that knocks the pilot unconscious. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason. Yeah. And now we're dangling a helicopter over, over the, the edge, edge of, the of the building. I'm getting a little fired up. Oh, yeah? I'm getting real fired up. Are you? Clark walks outside. He looks up. He sees the helicopter. He sees this is the biggest crowd in the history of Metropolis, I feel like. 
they had more extras in this scene than Batman did for the millions of oh, dollars. Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. I worked in New York for five. We're not New York. We're Metropolis. I want to make that note. Yeah. I worked in New York for five years. When okay. shit like this happens, you don't get a crowd. People go on with their day. Right. I don't know what's going on here. Ghostbusters is the same thing. Yeah, people are just like, okay, it's a giant marshmallow man, whatever. Fine. Got to catch my train. <laughs> yeah, I have places to be. These people uh, are hanging out below a dangling helicopter. Like, what if that falls? They What's sure their are. Plan? Clark. He tries to find oh, the nearest phone booth. God damn it. I'm like getting goosebumps thinking about it because John fucking, fucking Williams. Williams. That's right. He yep. just leads you right to that phone booth. You see Clark Kent rip open the shirt and you get the S. Well, first of all, he goes to the phone booth and it's not a phone booth. It's not a phone booth. It's just a little payphone on the side of the street. And he goes, I can't change here. Nope. So he goes to the- Goes ro- to a rotating door. The rotating door. From earlier that he couldn't figure out. He's Superman. He's we got, super. We got man. ourselves a Superman. We got him. That took us how long? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, he's also in the suit when he flies away from talking to his dad for 12 he years. He is, but it's like not, but it's it's not a nothing, as, it's a throwaway. It's like, yeah. This is Superman. Here. This is- This is full-blown he's costume. Like, here I am. I'm going to save the day. Watch oh, this. Oh, I wrote it down. It's an hour and 11 minutes in. Look at that. Which is actually okay timing. And we have a Superman. Yeah, because we go through a whole origin and the origin's perfect. Sure. I actually thoroughly enjoy that origin. It's terrific. It- Lays it all out there. It it doesn't feel forced. It. It's not Nothing. too long. It's not too quick. It's I'd say it's the right amount for a two hour movie. You're hey, right. It's <laughs> it's perfect. Lois falls out of the helicopter and is falling. Superman catches her. Easy, miss. I've got you. You've got me. Who's got you? <laughs> what a line. So good. We've officially. I'm putting it down. This is my vote. You this, don't have to agree. Okay. This is the best line we've seen so far in a superhero movie. So far. In a superhero movie. In all the movies in we've watched. In all of the movies we've got. And I even wrote down. Than, Where's my super suit? It is. And I even wrote, sorry, Jack. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's how good this line is. You and we all know with great power comes with great responsibility is nonsense. It's, it is nonsense. So that's not even close. No. no so. That's, that's far from runner up. It's better than, where does he get his toys? Yeah, I'd say. Okay. Sorry, Jack. Oh, God. He took my balloons. It's a really good line, too, though. He took my balloons. <laughs> Superman carries the helicopter. That's yep. a really good looking effect. It is. All of these effects are really good looking. Originally, him. he was only supposed to catch her and that was it. And they're like, you know what? Let's drop the helicopter on him too. Sure. It looks incredible. It looks great. And John fucking Williams. He's so good. He's so good at what he does. He's amazing. And then we just, get, we kind of, we got our Peter Parker fighting crime in that montage. Who are you? This is a friend. And then she passes out. And, then she, that and he goes, yeah. bye. That's such a good one. <laughs> And he waves like a little kid as he flies away. Bye. (laughs) He goes, Superman fights crime then. We get a quick little, I'm not going to call it a montage. Don't call it a quick montage because it is the slowest montage ever. There's scenes. We uh, get to see a cat burglar climbing up a building with his little plungers. And he just walks right into a Superman standing sideways on a building, which is awesome. Something wrong with the elevator? I love Superman's one-liners in this. They're really, really good. Montage. Brian did air quotes. I want to make that known. I think it's deserved. Yeah. I think he nailed it. It's too slow to be a montage. Uh, we get to see cops again working. There's working. a shootout on yep. the dock. Superman just lands on this boat. Because yep, he sees in the distance. The, the criminals he sees are a shootout in the, the distance. We're still, our cinematography here, we're still killing it. We are we're still crushing, crushing, crushing it. it. He lands on the boat. He gets hit with a crowbar. The crowbar just goes shaky shake. Nothing happens. Bad vibrations. What a great line again. <laughs> so good. And then I'm like nervous to say what happens in case you didn't see it. Did he deliver the boat to the police station? He definitely did. Oh, it's so good. 100%. I don't know. the boat in the middle of the, in the, the middle of the road. 
the the guy who uh, he delivered the cat burglar to earlier is now back at the station talking to his commanding officer or whatever. And they're like, all right, buddy, just go to the bar. Sounds like you've had a date. And sees he, the boat? He sees the boat. I got, he's I'm like, buying the first bottle. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And he also rescues a cat. He he does. Doesn't have to do rip the tree out of the goddamn ground like Mr. Incredible. And shake the cat <laughs> off of it? No. No, he just picks up the cat. Uh, I don't know if you notice this part. One yeah. girl goes inside. Yep. Oh, she got hit. She totally she got, got hit. hit. The parents she was like, up for lunch. She... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yeah. She's like, a man just flew and got the oh, cat out of the tree. <laughs> Haven't I told you to stop telling lies? Whack. That's right. You could do that in 78. We see Air Force One. Air no Force Gary One. Oldman. That's the only thing wrong with this movie. There's and no Harrison Ford. No Harrison Ford. The engine blows out. He becomes an engine. That then, engine's then gone. Jimmy that engine Carter. Gone. Oh, yeah. It's not God. even there. <laughs> uh, I like how the, I'm going to call him a co-pilot, because I don't think he's flying that thing. Oh, he's not looking at that air, flying it. It doesn't matter. I guess the the pilot looks over and says, like, what is it? And yeah, he says, fly. Don't look. Just yeah. fly. What, do we get the engine back? <laughs> don't worry about it. Just trust me. <laughs> <laughs> we end up back on the Arctic Circle. Oh, Fortress Solitude. I didn't have the scene. You didn't have the scene? No. This is an interesting scene, then. Okay. So he goes back to the Fortress of Solitude and he talks to Ghost Dad again. Ghost Dad. He talks about how he feels guilty about performing these good deeds. I, oh, yeah. You know how you feel after you save a bunch of people. Guilty. But I don't know. I don't understand. It's Well, this shows just how pure he is. To which Jor-El says, do not punish yourself for your feelings of vanity. Just learn to control them. Huh. I That's that kind of like Jonathan Kent saying, you don't have to show off. You don't have to show off. And that, to me, was exactly what I was thinking. Hmm. How... You have the father figure, no matter what. You have a father figure here. Right. They're both ghosts. Both ghost dads. Well, we already know superheroes don't keep parents. They do not keep parents along. You know what? This is our first instance of seeing parents. I mean, he had Jor El, and he had they die real quick. Lady Jor El, Lara. Is that her name? I think so. Okay. (laughs) Lara. I don't know. Lara L. Just Lara. Fine. He had parents. We got to see parents. Yeah, but they die real quick. But we got to see them. Okay. Yeah, we see them. They were like alive at a point. They I mean, weren't alive we, in a flashback. We see Howard Stark. We do, but they I mean, weren't it was alive. Kind of a flashback. We do see Bruce Wayne's parents all the goddamn time. Yes, but it's not a flashback. All right. I mean, it's maybe not, Clark Kent doesn't have parents. It's kind of a flashback. It's kind of a flashback. <laughs> Just because it happens before. Shit! The rest we of the didn't movie. do it again. We couldn't get parents again. Parents. Do we? Do we need to add that to our list? So that of was super things. Maybe we should. Parents. We have a list of super things. It's coming up. Uh, yes, that was a really interesting scene. I'm kind of curious what version I watch now. I definitely think you have the director's cut because I did theatrical. Yeah, this was a great little scene. This scene, I thought, tied a ton together because he he felt guilty about performing these deeds because I guess he he was showing off. He was showing off. He was scoring touchdowns. I can tell you who else is scoring touchdowns. Is it Lois? It's not. It's Lex Uh, Luthor. Oh, Lex. He's not scoring touchdowns as much as he is swimming in a grand central pool. He, uh... Gets told about Superman and what's going on, I guess, on the outside world out of his lair. He just says, oh, it must be from out of this world. <laughs> Directed by John Favreau. I really like the it end of the scene. wasn't. Oh, looking at my notes. No, you're right. It was. It was Dick Donner. Dick Donner. <laughs> uh, I really like the end of the scene because he's talking about something and Otis hands him a robe and the robe's getting soaked. The, yeah. And I, I don't know what he was saying because I was so distracted. I was looking at the wet robe. So distracted. I had no idea what he said in this and scene. And then uh, apparently it was pretty important. It must have been. I'm assuming, but then he says, next time you hand me my robe, make sure I'm out of the water. <laughs> and I was like, okay. 
That's a rug scene. Humanized, that's a, well, it's a rug line to me. It humanized Lex that, a little for me because I was thinking it. He that said line it. really pulled the whole scene together. That's what you did there. Jeff Bridges, we miss you. All right, man. Come to another movie. Yeah, do another Please movie. Please do another movie. We end up at the Daily Planet next. We are at the Daily Planet. Chief wants to know who Superman is. Chief Perry White. We got we got a, a series of newspapers here. We have the uh, Metropolis Post. Of course. Headline, it flies. And on the back cover is probably something snarky about... The Metropolis News. Yeah. Look, Ma, no wires. Oh. The Metropolis Times. Sure. Blue Bomb Buzzes Metropolis. Okay. And then the Daily Planet, Caped Wonder Stuns City. All right. Newspapers. What they really need is J. Jonah Jameson to give this man a name. It would help. Or Bruce Campbell. Or Bruce Campbell. <laughs> I'm a man that's super. That's stupid. You're Superman. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. Uh, Lois finds a note. She does. Get on that balcony she, at 8 p.m. She gets from a, a friend. From a friend. Oh, I know a guy who called himself a friend earlier in the movie. I do too. I think she knows who it is. I think she knows who it is too. I mean, obviously. But it's kind of unclear because- It's extremely unclear. Clark also is under the impression that he's got a date with her. I have issues with just that scene. That's it? That's just, that's it. That's the end of the movie. That's, that's the end. That's, so that's the only thing I've- Yeah. That's the only thing that makes this movie, I still say it's a perfect movie, but like I'm happy that they- We'll get there. Cut to Lois's we penthouse do. outdoor terrace. There's a lot of plants. How much money plant life. is she making I don't know. at the Daily Planet? I don't know. I'm going to say it again. Superman lands and asks if she's expecting someone. And then she acts like she's not expecting him. Right. Like she's expecting someone else. Weird. Because the note said, friend. From a friend. And that's, Which that's was like, him. That was, the, that it, was the code. That's him. It had a code. It's true. But she's acting like it's someone else that she's meeting. Yeah, it's weird. And he asked if she's like, why she's dressed that. I don't. It was really weird. It's very confusing. The, it is very. And then. I was he, hoping you had a deleted scene there that explained it nothing, a little better. Nothing. nothing. It cool. was just as confusing for me. Neat. They almost made it through this whole movie without something weird like that. Uh, <laughs> Lois interviews Superman. She does. She asks about his vital statistics. I'm going to say this again. I said it for The Incredibles when Mr. Incredible went onto the balcony and was just lounging, eating some fruit. Yep, yep. It's really uncomfortable looking at a superhero in costume not being super. Yeah, just <laughs> he's he's just out. sitting in a chair on a balcony. So this is just me. It's really uncomfortable. I'm super and I'm just chilling. She asked about his size. I mean height. She gets really horned up oh, when he says he's 225 quick. pounds. Yeah, she's like. Uh, this is officially the horniest scene we've ever seen. That's the number that did it for her. 225. She's like, oh, oh. This is still PG. Yep. The first question she asks is if he would like some wine. He Gotta says, fly. Not when I'm flying. He's so good at the one-liners. Her, uh, she asks, Do you think he was talking about his dick when he said 6'4"? No, I don't think he was. Kind of hope he was. Maybe. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's 225. <laughs> yeah, she asks about his vital statistics and her first question, are you married? I don't know I if just want to find some your or vital statistics. Are you married? Fuck it Superman. It sounds like probably the latter. I think you're right. And she asks, uh, she assume, she, she says, asks if he had a girlfriend? Yep. She says, oh. I'll assume all your bodily functions are normal. Do you eat? eat? <laughs> I feel like they're working on another code here. She lists Superman's attributes because- Because how? We need to do that again. But how would she can see through, know He them? can see through anything. He can fly. Again, he can see through anything. <laughs> right, but- but didn't he just appear for the first time like the day before? Yep. How does she know all these things he can allegedly do? Because she's wearing underwear. Gives her the power. She is wearing underwear. <laughs> and the only reason to know that is 
Because she asks <laughs> Superman if he can see what color it is. And he can't because there's a lead planter. There's there. a lead can't see planter. Through lead. Can't can't do that. But how does she, she steps back, he says pink. Him. All of a sudden that Superman's not so Yeah, he's he's, he's something a holy little, hell that blood's rushing a to little his... less Boy Scout than usually portrayed. Now this would be a good time to talk about super penis instead of earlier. <laughs> yes, you're right. My bad. This movie is very horny. Especially, this scene yes, is very this horny. scene big time. I don't know why they saved it to the end. <laughs> I think you're mistaken. She asks him kind of, I guess, what he stands for. And we get the line. We do get the line. The line. I'm here to fight for truth, justice, and the American way. Very important line. Very good line. It's kind of kind of his whole thing. I was gonna say it's that's an iconic line. That's big a, time. that's as oh, yeah. I, iconic as with great power comes great responsibility, but this actually has But in this you situation know, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. He says he'll take her flying, and they go flying, and uh, that's Superman. There's a Superman too. We're gonna get to coming up. I feel like there's sort of directed by Dick Donner. So Dick Donner got fired off no, of Superman too, no, I feel and it was like, really uncomfortable because Alexander Salkind. Just, I feel like you're missing a whole wanna... lot here, huh? I think there's more to the movie. No, that's the end of the movie. The movie's no. perfect. Is that they got the love story in there? That was important to Dick Donner. He made sure he got the love but story. But what in happens there. with Lex Luthor? They just leave that hanging? I feel like there's more to the movie here, Dave. I feel like we didn't really learn who Lex Luthor was. I I passed out from from bourbon somewhere around here, so I just assumed this was the end. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we got a great scene here. A real great scene. It's amazing. This wasn't a bad dream. (laughs) He takes her flying. Yeah. And, uh... Stop. It's pretty amazing, because... It turns out she can fly too. Stop. Kind of. Please stop. Because they Please just stop. hold hands and she's somehow not dangling below him. They're, they're flying He's very side strong. by side. He's very strong. He's super. He's holding up her entire body. By fingertips. By fingertips. He's very strong. At some point, she's believing in herself and just, let's go. And starts falling, of course. This is after we see her fly by the Statue of Liberty and oh, yeah, Twin yeah, yeah, Towers okay. and all this stuff. All, Metropolis. all the fun Metropolis Brian, why landmarks. are you doing this to me? This movie's perfect. Stop it. Can you read my mind? Oh, God. Do you know what it is that you do to me? I don't she know who you are. She's fucking rhyming. Why is she rhyming in her voiceover? from another star. Here I am, like a kid out of school, holding hands with a god. I'm a fool. Then they get hit with a fucking bird. Will you look at me? They get hit with a fucking bird at a Quivering. point. Sully Sullenberger Like a again. little curl. This is where he knew he was going to with a bird. You can see right through me. Can you read my mind? Can you picture the things I'm thinking of? Wondering why you are? All the wonderful things you are. You can fly. You belong in the sky. You and I could be long to each other. If you need a friend, I'm the one to fly to. If you feel like this is going on for a long time. If you need to be it's loved. It's because this is how it felt in the movie here as well. I am. Where it just kept going. Read my mind. I can understand why you want the movie to end there. Because that is fucking terrible. It was originally supposed to be a musical number. I heard. Yeah. Um, Somehow this was the best version. So... And they just left it in there. Up until this point. Hey, remember when you said that, that Lois was a uh, a good character? A good female character developed and... Yeah, it's gone. This immediately... It's immediately gone. It. That a, whole cool kick-ass scene is gone. gone. Everything is gone. gone. Every bit of this first half of the movie is gone. There's a this hard whole, stop this, on this character movie development right there. turns... This isn't even Iron Man. This is bad. This movie makes a turn. This the whole first half of this movie is goddamn near so good. Perfect. It's amazing. The origin story it's is perfect. The characters so well are perfect. The music is perfect. And then you get whatever the fuck comes up next. This it hard is right the turn worst possible thing the that's ever happened in in movies in my mind. This is 
terrible. I think this is the perfect script. That's what Alexander Salkine kept saying. That Mario- Alexander Salkine is a fucking dickhole. He <laughs> he is the slime that comes out of a dickhole. He is the worst thing that's ever happened to movies. Fuck this movie at this point. Fuck this movie to fucking hell. This is a terrible goddamn movie from now on out. So they go flying and they land. I'm inclined to and agree no, with we you. And no, we get our one, one good thing that comes out of what's about to happen. Oh, yeah? What's that? It's the scene where they, he's on the roof. Yep. Then he drops Lois off. Superman flies away. And in the same long before, take. Before. No, don't ruin this for me. <laughs> she says, what a Superman. Fuck me. God Superman. damn it. I don't want to live anymore. This is goddamn <laughs> garbage. I will this say. not good. <laughs> Nothing, none of this is good. He's gotten up and he's running oh around. Oh, my God. Stomping. Why, do, why would they do this to us? I don't. I don't it know. It was so perfect until this point. They were doing a really point. good job. They went so- And then- If this movie weren't two and a half hours long, they would. They nailed it to this point. We're about an hour, 45 minutes in. We I don't know like, what- We don't know what Lex Luthor is- What he's going for yet. Well, all I know is he likes goddamn land. Even if they had just cut the flying around Metropolis City- It lasted scene, 10 minutes. If they just cut that one scene and had gone right from the interview to like, oh, I better be going, and he- Nope. Still bad. Off still a lot the, of issues. Still the, a lot of issues. Tension. Still a lot of issues. Of course. But better. So the last thing you I like have... is Superman leaving when he flies off the roof and in the same shot, Clark Kent Clark is at Kent's the, at the door, door and it's great. great and then shot. all of a sudden it feels so like well he's supposed to be there, but not. And then he takes he's... his glasses off. He's about to reveal himself. Like, and then he fucking does Lois, it. Lois, I need to tell you. It doesn't matter. He's so good. Christopher Reeve crushes this scene yes. where he goes from playing Clark Kent all clumsy like, takes yep. glasses off while she's in the other room and he's... to Superman. And then he goes right back to Clark Kent. Change in posture. Holy and then shit, Christopher Reeve. So well done. So well done. Let's go fuck this movie up. Let's do it. Next day's Daily Planet headline is, I spent the night with Superman. Of course you did. An exclusive interview by Lois Lane. From this, we learn all of his weaknesses. Yep, she just (laughs) tells everybody, hey, can't see through lead. Can't see through lead. One we can see, wigs. He's got a lot of wigs. He's got a ton of wigs. He changes hair all the time. He's trying to figure out what to do about this Superman. He doesn't- He wants to destroy everything he stands for. He does. And he's got his library and his ladder and he's his got books his and his Otis and his, his nincompoop and his Mr. Tashbacher! Mr. Tashbacher! And she's all like, it's too good to be true. He's 6'4", has black hair, blue eyes, doesn't 225, drink, doesn't smoke, and then she got and soaked. The and then she filled the pool with her wetness. I don't know. This <laughs> is so bad. I don't remember why he says it at this point. It doesn't goddamn matter. He says, some people can read War and Peace Come Away thinking it's a simple adventure story. Others can read the ingredients on a chewing gum wrapper and unlock the secrets of the universe. It's a good line. It's deep. It's a great line. Doesn't have any goddamn place in this movie. You nincompoop. He says Superman said that Krypton exploded in 1948. Don't remember him saying that in the interview. We saw the whole goddamn interview. Yep. I'm pretty sure it's also been um, thousands of Earth years since Jor-El died. Yep. So that's weird. Uh, Lex assumes that parts of Krypton have landed on Earth. Yep. And, and that, those that said parts are radioactive, and, and therefore radioactive are... <laughs> now they're lethal to the Superman. And Otis is the one who figures that out. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's a big fucking stretch. Ned Beatty here, killing it, by the way, oh, he's, as Otis. He's so much fun. Killing he's it. He's so much fun. We find out that there's a nuclear XK-101 rocket missile being there transported. Are. Just one. There's two. Well, we only hear about one. Do we really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I only heard about one. 
I don't know. I think it said that I'm was, on my second glass of bourbon at this point. There the was a newspaper article saying something about the two missiles. Did they re- Okay, so Lex is going to reprogram missiles. Yeah, he's reprogrammed missiles to go to, you know, do their thing. They set up a fake car crash. Miss Tashmire. Miss Tashmire. She's just laying there. Laying out in the street, and there's some pervy army guys. There are per. Says, uh, he needs a vig- vigorous chest massage about the mouth. Lex, drives, Lex Luther drives up in an ambulance and calmly just says, Hi, somebody hurt? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so cartoony. Otis uh, is reprogramming the, the yeah, coordinates. He, he screwed it up because, because he can't his, read his own his, hand. His arm they have is to only reprogram so it again. <laughs> well, I and believe, they change costumes. I believe they're doing the second one because the, there's two missiles. Going in opposite directions. But he reprogrammed the first one wrong. Which is why I think he was going to Hackensack, New Jersey, which is... We're going to get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Yes, 117 instead of 11 Then they seven. become truckers to reprogram the second missile, well, obviously. presumably. Second and they're missile. the same goddamn people we just saw. Supervised by the Navy, because this is a different missile. Correct. So the one was in the Army, one was with the Navy. And then we see Lois interviewing a Native American man while she's just... Driving. We're yep. on the West Coast, apparently, now. That's what we do. We are there And she's for like, oh, you reasons. sold your, your worthless land without ever even knowing who you were selling it to? And we're like, ah, he's buying it for so much money, who cares? So Clark learns that Lois is out West investigating a land fraud deal, and she took Jimmy Olsen with her, because we met characters in this movie. Also, a quick mention that yeah. there was a worthless piece of meteorite that was- Just a throwaway line. Stolen in Addis Ababa. Yep. Convenient, huh? So Lex Luthor knows that Superman has a uh, super hearing that he can talk to goddamn dogs, and we he must hears have, must him have been in the article talking to fucking I don't know. Like I like how the camera does follow Clark from Perry White's office through the Daily Planet and out the window. Yep, that's yep. very cool. That was neat. Let's fuck this movie up again. <laughs> in approximately five minutes, a poison gas pellet containing propane lithium compound will be released. Through thousands of air ducts in the city, effectively annihilating half the population of Metropolis. Fake news. It is fake news. Yeah. Superman goes out in the middle of the road. He digs a goddamn hole by spinning around. Well, yeah, you got to do the supersonic spin move. Lex Luthor puts him up some, to just some very quick tasks to prove uh-huh. that it, he can stand with anything. I don't have those tasks. Oh, it's a real stupid That's director's thing. cut with the is fire it? and the ice, yeah. Yeah, fire, ice, and who gives a damn? It, doesn't, so it just doesn't he's matter. Like, Here I am. Oh, the whole time. Mr. Tashbacker! Is really filling that pool. Uh, she, <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. yeah, no, she's all about the Superman. While he's getting his way into the lair, the missiles launch. But what's this? They're off course. We can't shut them down. We don't have the technology to do that. Apparently, do you know who's playing him? No, it's John Ratzenberger. Plays the Underminer in The Incredibles. Really? Yeah, it's weird seeing him not in a Pixar or hearing him in a Pixar movie. But no, you see him as a person a lot in Cheers. Oh, that's true. Because Cliff Clavin is a goddamn TV legend. Of course. Uh, Little known fact, these these missiles are, they're flying all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Lex Luthor goes and says, hey, you want to know my whole diabolical plan? Do you have a pen? Here you go. Let me, let me, here, stand on my map floor. Uh, I have a note here. Yeah. Uh, This is the part where I start to fall asleep both viewings. This movie's too long. Oh, God. (laughs) I was getting fueled by hate at this point. Clearly, yeah. So we're going to bomb the San Andreas Fault with a 500 megaton nuclear bomb. Because Lex Luthor bought all the land. All the crappy land. On the east side of the vaults. Because he wants to create his own west coast. Right. We're going to bomb California into the ocean so we can have towns like Costa del Lex, Lutherville, Otisburg. Otisburg. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man. We have missiles going in two different directions. One is going to the San Andreas Fault, and the other one is going to Hackensack, New Jersey. Where Miss Tessmacher, her mother lives there. Because why the fuck not? Here's the thing about that. Yeah. Now, I happen to have <clears throat> looked up a little website that's called Nuke Map. What? What? You are going to be on a list somewhere. <laughs> well, I didn't look it up by the name. I was just looking up the blast radius of certain bombs. Yeah, I'm probably on a list. You're right. Now, they say this is a 500 megaton bomb. Okay. Now, the, the highest you could go on this website was just 100 megatons. Okay. Now, a blast that hits Hackensack, New Jersey from a 100 megaton bomb will wipe out the entirety of New York City, half of Long Island, and pretty much get all the way up to Stamford, Connecticut. It's a good thing Metropolis is safe. Yeah, because Metropolis- it's not New York. Must not be- it's not New York. Right next to Hackensack, New Jersey. <laughs> he's not about to kill himself to he's develop not, this land. Because he somehow ends up on the West. No, he doesn't. He doesn't end up on the West Coast. He's there. So he's about to kill himself. Kill himself. Great. Superman, at some point, doesn't matter at this point, says, is that how a warped brain like yours gets its kicks? By planning the death of innocent people? Lex Luthor says, no, by causing the death of innocent people. Yeah, planning isn't how I get my kicks. Evil! He's an evildoer. Great. Um, the, the, none of this shit matters. None, nothing matters anymore, Brian. Nothing matters. <laughs> Superman believes he has a detonator. He wants to find it. And Lex plays this clever little game. I like how we see what Superman's seeing in... Yes. You get to see things it's inside good stuff. things, the, and then he go, you can get moving inside a lead thing, but, but, but it's fucking kryptonite. We got it. It's kryptonite. It's kryptonite. And then he, he puts the necklace Lex on Lex Luthor him, very casually puts the necklace on and throws him in a pool, pool, and then Superman can't get the necklace off. Lex Luthor, just a human man, kryptonite. was able to do this no problem. That doesn't that takes away his power. doesn't make him not a goddamn person. Well, He's no, able to tread water, which is really difficult to do. Well, it's not very deep. He's treading water. He's not is he? standing. Yeah. He's treading water because race is all in the world. And this motherfucker is there. And well, it's that's lethal lucky. to him. It's, I don't think it just takes away his powers. I think it's actually deadly. He cuts a deal with Miss Tessmock. Motherfucker! Miss Tessmocker! To go save Hackensack. Right. I got to save Hackensack because that's where your mom is. She kisses him and then takes the necklace off. Why'd you off. kiss me first? Because I didn't think you'd let me the horniest, This movie turns because, into the horniest thing ever. these ladies see Superman and they're like, splash. That's incredible. Absolutely. So New York floods. Metropolis floods because of the fu- doesn't. <laughs> uh, he goes and he finds missile Hackensack. I don't know what to call it. It doesn't matter. And it's he- amazing that he could barely catch up to this missile based on what happens later in the uh-huh. movie. He's almost fast enough to get there. And I will defend what happened. Well, no, I won't defend that. But I will defend this because he doesn't know how fast he can fly. That's true. Because he openly says he isn't. He's never. That's true. He hasn't. Know. He hasn't tested it out. I like and how he flies. The time he was supposed to. Instead, he ended uh-huh. up being told a poem that he couldn't hear because he can't read minds. I like how he flies up through like the jets of this missile. Yeah. And you get that like shot. It's really nice. And then it's in space. And then you see the fucking San Andreas fault in the background explode. Couldn't do both. And that's the end of the movie. And that's, that's Superman from that's 1970. That's not it either. There's still more. <sighs> he couldn't do the old Spider-Man trick where he has to make a choice and then does both. He had to actually choose. So he saved Hackensack because he gave, he gave, Mr. Spagat! His word. The missile blows up, blows up Sandra's fault. Meanwhile, John fucking Williams. He, um, John Williams is getting scoliosis from doing all this lifting. Oh, yeah. At this, this part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's hurting. His back is, is real hurting. Golden Gate Bridge, school bus dangling off the edge. Yep. Superman saves it. Uh, a lone road on the fault that has telephone poles of death. Yep. And an exploding gas station. Yep. 
And she was dam. beeping at, even though it was close, had yep. a sign in the window, very clear. It was and we get a dam station. that's going to destroy a very small town. Yep. The Hollywood sign. That's, yep. All all this stuff is happening. Uh, oh, the train derailment. He's wherever that, that is he just he just i'm assuming all down this is somewhere i don't i don't know where any of this is jimmy i don't olsen, know where any of this is jimmy olsen at the hoover dam why did lois leave him there i don't know but now we're in san francisco we're in los angeles where yeah we're, at the hoover dam we're all over the goddamn place well the san andreas fault is the long fault it is but we're all over california we're everywhere we're all in arizona we're everywhere at this point and superman's saving everybody he's doing a real good job is he but he didn't save one person. All right. Also, so, all of those montages, the Golden Gate Bridge, the Hollywood, the train, Hoover Dam, they all took too long. They spent too much time on each one. Yep. So he That's saves- not how you do montages. He saves the single bus. Yep. He might as well have- I, I don't- I just don't know what happens. He- He rolled a bu- boulder and made a dam. Yeah, I guess that the bridge is now safe and he saved the one bus. I don't know. I, I he guess. then saves- John fucking Williams. John fucking Williams. Fine. He he becomes a train track at a point. Yeah. That train's now yep. saved. He lays down. Great. Down. He rolls a boulder, as you said, creates a dam and throws rocks and shit. Now at that some small point, town is saved. He's like underground, surrounded by lava. Yeah, he flies to the, the center fall, of the earth the and he and... might as well put a band-aid on the earth and stop the fall. Yeah. And then Lois gets sucked up in the fall. Into a crevasse. <laughs> Which is a cool, if this movie- weren't so stupid this would be a really cool scene yes but it's so fucking stupid oh he saves of course at the dam that blew up that almost drowned the town jimmy olsen's dangling yep, and he, he saves, saves jimmy, jimmy olsen, olsen and drops him off somewhere into the middle of nowhere lois is dead lois dies he pulls out the he car up and then christopher reeve acts he, he acting acting it's not good he pulls a uh darth vader like no and flies up well to be fair yeah he did train with Darth Vader. Yeah, he did. To bulk up for the role. David Prowse. Yes. Sure did. The man in the suit, not the, the man. Yeah, not, not the voice. Not the voice. What Brando is trying to get tips for, I'm assuming. <laughs> get this role cheaply. He flies up. That's it. The movie ends on a downer. That's the end of the movie. Oh, uh, no, it's not. There's still more. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they were like, hey, you know what would be neat? If we just stole the ending from the movie we haven't done yet. Superman 2. Let's go back in time by... Flying around the Earth and reversing its rotational axis, and uh, somehow that'll that'll heal up all that stuff that just happened, and then we'll just turn around and set the time right again. Lois is alive, and and all that other stuff I guess happened, but there's wanna, no explanation. I want to read my notes, please, please do, because I want to know what happens here. First of all, I he talks know. to Mufasa, Mufasa Dad in well, the clouds. Oh yeah, Brando. That's true. Speaking of James Earl Jones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, Don't I wrote, with spinning the history. atmosphere would not reverse the rotation of the Earth, nope. and it does not make things go back in time. You would ruin gravity, and everyone and everything would be destroyed. Fuck you, movie. Fuck you. Yeah, that's that's accurate. And then he just turns around and, and then sets it right again. Then he sets it right again, and then he just lands at the car, and Lois is out of gas. Because Oh, by the way, Lois broke down at right. the, on the fault. Well, because she tried to stop at a gas station that was closed. But she's just on the fault, and then she fucking falls yeah, in. Now, like, he just walks up. To the, car. to the car. Are we to assume that none of this happened beforehand now? Did the bomb never go off? I don't know. It's never- No, the ex- bomb had to have gone off. Because Jimmy Olsen's stranded in the middle of nowhere. Right. And he comes up saying, hey, Superman, thanks for dropping me in the middle of nowhere. So what's going on with so, the Golden Gate Bridge and the Hollywood sign and the dam? Yeah. What is happening? I have no idea. I want answers. Nothing matters anymore. This, Yeah. At this point, the movie isn't even trying, and I fucking quit. 
I do quit. This is the last episode. <laughs> this is this is absolutely brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing. This entire third act is nothing. Completely implausible. Somehow alters the timeline so oh, Lois doesn't no, die. Because there's no aftershock. Like her car doesn't even fall into the crack. It doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. There's nothing. It? We don't know anything. And then of course But she says that she was almost killed by falling. So But the, then the fault line right, doesn't so, crack near her, but still the electrical lines fall over and the gas station explodes. Yep. All that happened, so the bomb went off. Clearly the bomb Had went to. off. But we don't address the fault. And she says, I was almost killed. But he says, dumb. Yeah. But then he (laughs) takes off and flies away and Jimmy's there. And Jimmy just had to say, too bad Clark wasn't around to see this because Clark's a person in the world. Right. Obviously. And then she says, and and Lois sits and goes like, oh, maybe Clark. No, that's silly. Clark's not there because Clark is not on assignment on the West Coast. Right. Simple as that. You are in. He's still in. Call goddamn New York. He's still in New York. Call it Metropolis. (laughs) God damn it. You know what I need? Oh, that's not strong enough. That's not strong <laughs> enough. This this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Clark breaks into a prison to deliver Lex and Otis. Where did he get Lex and Otis from? It Presumably he just below drops Grand them. Central Station in Metropolis. And the warden thanks Superman for delivering them. Right. We don't need a trial. No trial or anything. Just... He fights for truth, justice, and the American way, but we're not going to do a fucking trial or no, anything. Yeah. We've negated Superman. No We've truth. done it. No justice. We've officially- No American way. We're just going to throw him in jail. And then- Well, actually, then... he does say- Oh, he God does say, damn it, Brian. To be fair, he does say, I think these two men should be safe here with you now until they can get a fair trial. Does he say that? He does say that. Well, I couldn't hear that over- Your my sobbing- boiling hatred. <laughs> And the warden says, the country's safe again, Superman, thanks to you. And he says, no, sir, don't thank me, warden. We're all part of the same team. Good night. And he flies away. He does that weird wave again. Good night. Because he's, he's a child. He's a six foot four child who can apparently alter time. But I don't know how it happens. I feel like they found a new what he did because I feel like he knew that he bent us all over and just gave it to us. Well, I think Because he plays John Williams at the end, gets Superman theme, and it makes you almost forget, like, <laughs> that's all no that's so no you good. don't get to no, distract me with no, john williams no <laughs> no what i think happened i don't want to i don't want to put this on richard donner i don't want to put you want to put dick. it on the sal kind yeah because he's a real fucking slime because because i feel like little dick here <laughs> maybe not that <laughs> <laughs> dick donner here he didn't uh he thought he still had budget he had probably. no idea he, was he probably had no like, idea what the budget was in he this probably movie. had a plan for the end of this movie and then the and then Salcon was like, you know what? No, there's no more money. Figure it out with this, what you've already shot. And they already had this. This editing. isn't Monty Python and the Holy Grail. They there's not a chance this... to get creative right. with a small budget thing here. This is a big budget movie. Right. And you don't like, get to do that. I have you this don't ending get to do from Superman 2. I guess I can kind of shoehorn it in here and. We'll figure out the next one, I guess. Dick Donner never had the chance. He got fired. He sure did. I want to blame it on Salcon. So the movie ends and I'm dead inside. Because the first half of this movie, the first like is two thirds of this movie, absolutely the first two phenomenal. acts phenomenal, great, and then the ending of this is it all falls apart hell. as soon as as soon as Lois asks, "How fast can you fly?" No, it falls apart when she asks how big he is. That's that's fair. Basically, when he lands on her terrace, her little rooftop, that's when the movie just kind of goes bye. It's gone. That rooftop scene, like the flying scene I get is iconic. Like that was special effects. They said that, that was like their thing and they looked okay. Yeah. I mean, now when we look there back There was other on flying it, in the movie that looked good. 
I just, there was. There was a lot of stuff in this movie that looked good in the first two thirds. That last whole bit of it, I just don't care. Like, what? Why would you do that to us? Why would you? As an audience, why do you do that to us? Why? There were other uh, directors that maybe, maybe might have had a better shot at it. Do you want to know the other directors that were attached to it? Go ahead. They really wanted Steven Spielberg. <laughs> oh God! All right. Um, that would have been. Uh, you but, know what? I, but he was asking for too much money. No father. That actually fits the Spielberg thing pretty well. He was asking for a lot of money, and they were like, you know what? Let's just wait and see how this Jaws movie does before we commit. And by the time box office reports came back from Jaws, Spielberg was busy. <laughs> I would say that Spielberg has not had a problem since then. Yeah. We had uh, William Friedkin. Friedkin? Coming off The Exorcist. Coming off The Exorcist and The French Connection. With Gene Hackman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we had Sam Peckinpah. Would have been a cool choice. Would've Weird been. choice, but a cool choice. Guy Hamilton. Coming off a of Goldfinger. No, he did Goldfinger. He's not coming off of right, any means. Right. He did Goldfinger. He's a big Bond guy. Guy Hamilton was attached to it for a while. Um, had to back out when the filming moved from Italy to England. Why couldn't he go to England? Because he was on tax exile and could only spend 30 days in the country. Didn't know that. Yeah. The okay. reason the reason it moved to England from Italy is because our lucky star with all the money, Mr. Marlon Brando couldn't go to Italy because there was a warrant out for his arrest. Okay. Based on an obscenity charge from Last Tango in Paris. Probably a lot of obscenity charges from that movie. Yeah. So Brando couldn't go to Italy. There should be an obscenity charge on Alexander Salkind for <laughs> fucking us all. <laughs> and Guy Hamilton couldn't go to England. So they were like, well, who are we keeping? What a fucking asshole. And they chose Brando. Okay. They could have just put in a green bagel with anybody doing the electronic sounds. Giving him writing credit then. <laughs> <Same time. laughs> uh, George Lucas at one point. But George obviously, Lucas is a weird uh, choice in that, that time. That's a weird choice because he's coming off of Star Wars. He turned it down because he was he wanted to work on A New Hope. So when this is coming <laughs> off, no, because it's interesting because George Lucas has a weird career up to this point because he has American Graffiti. He has THX. Yeah. And he's kind of looked at, he's Francis Ford Coppola's guy. Yeah. And he does A New Hope. Well, guess who else was on the list? Francis Ford Coppola. You're going to tell me Coppola? Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. Also, uh, John Gillerman, Robert Aldrich, Peter Dick Yates. Donner got the shaft. Norman Jewinson. Interesting choice. And Mark Robson. There's a whole... I mean, I can't believe how many people have been attached to this movie at different points. So we both agree that this movie, the first half to two thirds, is incredible. Yeah. It's, it is perfect. Absolutely. For what it is, it is perfect. I agree. On our Rotten Tomato list of the top 64 superhero movies, where do you think this lands? Oh, boy. Um, it's so good. And it's one of the first of the superhero movies, if not like the first. I mean, there's some that come before it, but nothing important. I don't know. It's like 20? You're very good at this. Why? You're awfully close. Am I high or low? You are high. It's 17. Oh, wow. Do you know what the percentage is on this tomato meter? Oh, God. I don't know. 80-something? 90-something. What? 94%. Shut up. For having an ending that makes no sense. That's impressive Yeah, that it didn't get destroyed. It is impressive, especially when you say that the Washington Post said that between its extravagant fancies and extravagant success, Superman can only help to enhance the prestige of large-scale fantasy filmmaking. Not wrong. No, that's, that's, that's not wrong. That's an accurate statement. You get the New York Daily News saying is... The Metropolis Daily News. I apologize. <laughs> it is this year's answer to Star Wars. Well, duh. It's a year after. It's the next year. A movie that is pure escape and good, clean, unadulterated fun. Hmm. Our buddy. Our good friend. Oh. 
Mr. Ebert. Mr. Roger Ebert. We've seen our, our share of two and two and a half stars. We have. What do you think Mr. Ebert thought about this? Let's see. One of our most celebrated film critics. He really liked Iron Man. On the list of the top 25 film critics of all time that I found from just a random site called Complex.com. Oh. But it seemed to be legit. No, I like Complex. All right. Cool. They're pretty legit. Well, top 25. He's number two. Oh. Behind Andre Bazin, who, or Bazin, director of Pickpocket. Great movie. Hmm. Not familiar. Well, he's, a, he's a Frenchman. Not important. Sounds French. Ebert, number two. Ebert. Carry on. He, uh, what do you think Mr. Ebert thought of this? Want to throw this out there also. I've never noticed until now. We use Roger Ebert all the time on RogerEbert.com. Yeah. You know how you get the little like tomato as the symbol yeah. on the top bar and you get like an elephant for Evernote? I say that because I use Evernote. Sure. When it comes to stuff. Roger Ebert symbol on top. Is it a thumb? It's just a thumb up. I how cool it. is that? That's brilliant. His little- uh, That's great. Favicon. I lo- is that what it's called? Yes. You're such a fancy boy. And the picture on here is just Christopher Reeve being a train track. How many stars? I don't know how many stars it goes up to. It doesn't matter. I'm assuming one to four or five. I don't know. I mean, he gave Iron Man four, so I'm going to say he gave it a four. He definitely gave it a four. Superman is a pure delight, a wondrous combination of the old-fashioned things we never really got tired of. Adventure and romance, heroes and villains, earth-shaking special effects, and you know what else? Wit. It did have wit. I love reading the Ebert lead-ins because it gets to the point really quickly where you learn, like, hey, man, this is a cool movie, but I don't understand it. Right. This kind of hits at a weird point yeah. of wit. It's in there. It's for sure in there. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things that just doesn't make sense. Uh, he goes on to talk about the wit, to be sure, is a little slow in revealing itself. It is, yeah. The film's Very opening scenes combine great intergalactic special effects with ponderous acting and dialogue, most of it from Brando, who, as Superman's father, sends the kid to Earth in a spaceship that barely survives the destruction of the planet Krypton. Krypton. Ebert loved it. That's crazy. Ebert loved it. I'm starting to question Roger Ebert. You shouldn't. I mean, you might want to. <laughs> what did he give Spider-Man? Two and a half? And now he's he's giving, he's giving this and Iron Man fours? I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. A little something different. Okay. We always look at Roger Ebert. Yeah, we do. Because that's the name we know. Yeah. We're going to take a deeper dive here. Okay. On this list of the top 25 film critics of all time, there's critics that hate this movie. Oh. One of them pops up real fast on Rotten Tomatoes. Miss Pauline Kale. Okay. She is number four on this list of the most famous film critics of all time. Oh, wow. She was with The New Yorker at the time. The, the Metropolar. Or maybe it was at the time of this writing. I don't know. This is 2013 from this one. It says, Superman doesn't have enough conviction or courage to be solidly square and dumb. It keeps pushing smarmy big emotions at us, but half-heartedly. I don't think that was the problem with the movie. <laughs> that's probably the least of it, but I mean, that's a, that is a surface hit for sure. Oh, yeah. Which makes me think that this woman just went in and said, fuck this movie. And yeah. she's not wrong. <laughs> I feel like she probably got up after watching the end of it and went, no. No, I don't care how good the first part was. No. But number 18 on our list of the top 25, Mr. Vincent Canby of the New York Times. No, it's the Metropolis Times. I apologize again. I just can't get this together. <laughs> he wrote, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's a movie. That lands with a thud. Yeah, in a season in which our motion picture comic strips have been either heavily mythic, Lord of the Rings, the cartoon version of it, 
or simply pretentious, like Watership Down. Superman is good, clean, simple-minded fun, though it's a movie whose limited appeal is built in. There isn't a thought in this film's head that would be out of place on the side of a box of Wheaties. Why couldn't you say Cheerios? It should have been Cheerios. It should have been Cheerios. You put athletes on Wheaties. It's true. Here's the interesting part. To enjoy this movie as much as one has a right to expect, one is either to be a Superman nut, the sort of trivia expert who has absorbed all there is to know about the planet Krypton, or to check one's wits at the door, which may be more than a lot of people are prepared to do for longer than two hours. Wow. He basically just bitch slapped Roger he, Ebert. He did. God damn it. He was like, you know what Ebert said? Don't listen Fuck to that, that guy. Fuck that guy. Don't listen to that. New York Times is better than the Chicago Sun-Times. It's Metropolis Metropolis Times. Times. I did it again. <laughs> That's interesting, is that for 94% on a Rotten Tomatoes, and again, I'll say it, I believe Rotten Tomato scores. I think it all makes sense. Sure. You have at least, I didn't research that many of them, because these were the two that popped up right away. Two of the top 25 film critics of all time, according to this one site, saying, <laughs> yo, fuck this movie. I'm inclined to agree with them. It's crazy. They really dropped the ball in the third act. Kind of ruins the movie. Yeah. It kind of ruins everything that's set up beforehand. And it's not even shot well. That's the part that gets me, is you have these absolutely beautiful shots, the whole Kansas and Smallville sequences. They're Looks gorgeous. phenomenal. When you get into the city, I get kind of squeezing it in a little bit, making it feel a little more- Urban. Like claustrophobic. Yeah. But that last bit, West Coast, the fault is garbage, nonsense, duty, poopy. It's horrible. It's Yeah, it's so bad. And I feel like it never finds its pacing in the third act. No, it feels like, frankly, it feels like The Incredibles. Yeah. Where The Incredibles, it felt like when we discussed the movie, it felt like we were rushing through the entire thing because so much happens. Yeah. And a lot of it is a, it's a character development movie. Absolutely. This it's 100% character development. was sort of a character development movie until it wasn't anymore. Yeah, then it, yeah. And then it became like, oh, we have a plot. By the way, we have a villain. Here oh, we go. All right, we got to wrap this up with a nice, nice little bow and ship it off. We didn't write the ending, though. I feel dirty. I just feel so dirty right now. Yeah, it's- uh... I absolutely love this movie until seeing it again. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel anymore about this movie. If you look at it as a whole, it misses. Does. It's a big miss. It's it, it's a really big miss. Sucks. It's that it does, but it does. Yeah, ninety four percent is about thirty percent higher than so it should be. So generous. I think you need to take off a third. Yeah, the amount of I would say I would say ninety four percent is on. accurate for the first sixty percent of the movie. So we've done five movies. We have. Let's update our top five. Let's update it. The way it stood last time was Spider Man, Iron Man, mm-hmm. Batman. Yep, nineteen eighty nine. We've now included The Incredibles and Superman. Where do you plug them in? I want to say Spider-Man, Batman. I'm sorry. Spider-Man, Iron Man. I got real excited there for a second. No. Spider-Man, Iron Man, The Incredibles, Batman, Superman. I think I'm going to agree with you. I think as a whole, Batman was a better movie. It was a better movie. Batman had flaws. We know that. Oh, yeah. And Spider-Man has its flaws, and it's Absolutely. so enjoyable, though. It's yeah. like the opposite of all what we just saw. Yeah. Sure, they can't walk and talk, but at least- they, Maybe you don't have to. At least they <laughs> resolve their conflict without ugh, bullshit. Oh, man. We've referenced from the very first episode a article from The Independent about Batman and how it stacks up against the modern superhero movies. And uh, last week, I don't think it made it to air, but we did discuss uh, in our research leading up to it a, an article about The Incredibles that also listed off a few things. 
And uh, I think what we've managed to gather together here is a list of things that make up a superhero movie or make up a good superhero movie. And we just want to have our own little super list. So what are we going to call our list? I think it's the super things. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Can I say one thing really quickly? Sure. As Mr. Vincent Camby also says in his article that uh, I'm just reading as you were going through that. Marlon Brando turns up early in the saga as Superman's dad, Jor-El, who looks rather like George Washington with chrome finish on his wig or just his hair. (laughs) Chrome haired George Washington. Damn it, Vincent Camby. (laughs) This movie. I love that. You got a chromed out George Dubs. So on our list of super things, we have the following. Setting, style and tone, the hero, the villain, female characters, story and motivation, music, impact on the genre, and just added, parents. How do you want to break this down? So another thing Vincent Camby says (laughs) is that this movie says, quote, For me, it's as if somebody had constructed a building as tall as the World Trade Center in the color and shape of a carrot. Rabbits might admire it. They might even write learned critiques about it and find it both an inspiration and a reward, while the rest of us would see nothing but an alarmingly large imitation carrot. Oh, wow. (laughs) Superman, which has been rated PG, parental guidance suggested, contains two, according to my count, harmless double entendres. He's counting wrong. Only two? <laughs> Only two? In that one sentence. And with low, harmless? Maybe. <laughs> Carry on. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this list? Uh, I don't know. You want to break it down uh, bit by bit? How about you lay them on me? All right. Go Let's ahead. talk about the setting. Metropolis. I think. Krypton I think is amazing. Krypton's great. I think Smallville. Smallville. Great. Incredible. Metropolis is New York City. It's Let's New York face City. it. Let's all call it's it what fucking it is. New York. It's great. Great setting. Unless. Point. Unless. You're actually looking for Metropolis to be its own thing. Then you blew it. You blew it real In bad. which case, you got two-thirds of the way there, just like the rest of the movie. I'm going to give it two-thirds of a point. All right. Style and tone. I think the style, uh, get two-thirds of a point. The yeah. style, no, not even. I'm going to quote, no. everything leading up to Metropolis is amazing. Yeah. All the Smallville stuff, all the Krypton stuff is great. I want to give it half a point. Half a point. The hero. Superman. That's a full point. He crushes it. He nails it. Full point. For, for both the Clark Kent side and the Superman yep. side. He's great. He's flawless. Villain. What fucking villain? He's he doesn't so, do anything. So weak. He doesn't do anything. He does not. For he, the greatest criminal mind and whatever. He doesn't do anything. He reprograms a couple missiles. But really, he has his henchmen he do it. Only re- Well, he reprograms them and he fucks it up. Uh, yeah. One of them goes to Hackensack. Would have killed himself. There's a no, great, no points great for burger place in Hackensack. Shout out to White Mana. I love it. Don't blow that shit up, man. I've heard White Mana is really great. good. It's great. Yeah, uh, as far as villain no motivation. Points. No points. Nothing. Zero. No. Zero. Big fat fucking zero. Zero for villain. Female characters. You really only have two. You have Martha Kent, barely. And Martha Kent Lois doesn't Lane. do anything. She does She does nothing. Margot Kidder? Except kidnap a kid. Does. She, she kidnaps one, a kid and Mar- watches her husband die. Yeah, Lois Lane does one really awesome thing, and then the whole third act happens. And yeah, and then and, and then as soon so, as she's on that rooftop, she becomes a very one-dimensional character. They totally take away everything that she did in that, right. that establishing they, they scene. They turn her it's, into a horny little teen schoolgirl. Zero. Zero for- I feel horrible saying, but it's yeah. a zero. But what about- Miss Tess guy? Are there negative points? They did the same thing to her. Yeah, they have there's no, there's, there's no so merit to what she's doing. There's nothing. There's It's a weak character. Especially when you throw in that kiss before she takes the kryptonite. No, it's- 
My mother lives there. Dump bad. Story and the character's motivation. The motivation is solid. I sort of do too. I think the motivation. No, because here's the thing. We're going to have different opinions on the motivation because I had a scene that showed the motivation. That's true. So I'm going to give it a zero because (laughs) I like the the motivation, but the story was. The story was. There was no. The story. Not good. Was phoned in at the end. It was exactly. It's it's not a story if you don't fully realize what it is. For the next one, I think uh, think we're going to break the rules. Music. Two points. All right, so Four. we get six points for John William. <laughs> I was just going to double it, but. So that's great. Music's, music's great. Give it two points. Even uh, though on a scale of zero to one, give it two points. Two points. Impact on the genre. Ten, huge. Ten minimum gets full point. Full point. Parents. They're uh, half a point. Half a point. <laughs> they were there. We saw. We them. saw two parents. We, we saw four parents. We saw. Three of them died. <laughs> Quarter of a point. <laughs> Quarter of a point for parents. We did it at a nine. We need to have a ten. Let's have a ten. Let's do a ten. Want to do one-liners? I want to do one-liners. Absolutely. It's a full point. That is a full point That's for one-liners. crushes it on this one. So, on our new scale of superhero thing, or super things, from one to ten, what does Superman get? Too many increments of points. That two-thirds is really, <laughs> really mucking it all up. Which category was that for? Whatever the first one was. Setting. For the sake of my bad math, I'm going to reduce it to 0.5. I agree, because you know what? Most of the movie <laughs> takes place in Metropolis, and it was bad. Stop calling it Metropolis. It's <laughs> not. In New York. And they didn't do it as well as Spider-Man. So on our completely arbitrary scale that we just came so up with. arbitrary. Out of 10, this movie gets a 6.25. All right. That 2.5 comes from a... He had four parents. He it's... only has... <laughs> that would have been a full point. <laughs> Four parents. Thanks, Martha, for that point two five. <laughs> so that's Superman from 1978, that directed is by Dick Donner. 40-year-old Happy anniversary. Happy 40th anniversary. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Yeah, like us on you... Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, and any Caped Podcasters. Yeah. Be fun. Be a good time. Yeah. Any review we get, it helps. It all helps. It does. Helps us get in front of more eyes. More ears. More ears. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> listen, listen to our podcast. Don't just look at it. Yeah, I agree. If you look at it, you're not going to get much out of it. If you listen to it, you might not get much out of it. That's Who knows? If you look at it, you'll get even less out of it. You're going to get 0.25. You're going to get one Martha. Yeah, okay. you'll get it. <laughs> Which we don't even really know if she's still alive. Yo, fuck this I mean, movie. he does send half fuck his paycheck this movie to her. So. To hell, man. This I'm but so disappointed right he now. He spent ta- 12 years talking to Ghost Dad. How do we? How does he know that Martha's still alive and living at the same address? Who knows? He could just be sending money to a PO box in Smallville. That maybe that's maybe Lex Luthor's collecting a paycheck. And <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Ugh. it doesn't matter. Hey, when I was six years old, my father said to me, "Son, stocks may rise and fall. Utilities and transportation systems may collapse. People are no damn good, but they'll always need rhubarb." And they'll pay up through the <laughs> nose for it. <laughs> it's so true. God damn it, I love it. <laughs> Tune in next week for Catwoman. Yep. Same pod time, same pod channel.
Something happens after the credits in this. After you get your John Williams score, just blowing your socks off again. After you making you forget all the shit that we just sat through. I think we see where the missile headed for Hackensack ends up. Where do you think it ends up? Oh, I think it goes up into space and hits a nice little glass prism filled with some Zod, Nan, and Ursa. I haven't seen Superman 2 in a long time. How cool would that be? That'd be awesome. I bet that the post-credits scene in this is just, we see Superman's apartment. Looks a lot like Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. And he's just sitting on the couch, smelling a pair of pink panties. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he has super smell? It's Uh, never mentioned in his attribute. Probably. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) You got issues, man. Not not me. (laughs) It's It's not me. That's your blue boy scout for you. You wrote it. Blue bald boy scout. (laughs) Blue (laughs) bald.